0: Back once again for another week. Uh, This is the Blue Corner. My name is Dennis. If it's your first time uh, joining us, please make sure you hit that subscribe, like, give us a comment. Um, Even to the point, let us know who you want on this show next. And, I mean, that's, I guess, how we came about to uh, this week's guest Um, over the past few weeks. uh, I've been, you know, chilling in the clubhouse. If you're not on the app yet, I suggest you do because we obviously opened this uh, forum up to clubhouse listeners um but yeah like a lot of people were obviously commenting on their um the fact of that we don't really get to hear too much from officials uh when it comes to the world of mma um and i kind of said hey well hang on a sec i've had a couple of officials on here already uh, but they were more in the uh, inside the cage, um, uh, as in refs. And uh, you know, people uh, said it'd be nice to pick a brain of maybe someone who officiates from outside the ref, i.e. the judges. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I know the guy. And uh, here we are today. And uh, yeah, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, Anthony Dimitru. Um, how have you been? How has twenty one or oh, twenty twenty one been treating you? And yeah, what have you been up to lately,
1: Dennis? How you going, man? Been good, um, mate. Twenty twenty one has been good. Uh, work's been good. Been uh, working through it so far. No issues with uh, COVID or Coronas. Um, it's all been good. With all um, no issues health wise. I've uh, been working with uh, my charity as well on the side as well with my normal day job and the charity work and just been training and keeping fit and doing as much as I can. So when you say charity, what what charities?
0: Because I actually now now I actually do remember, we used to do the same charity for a little while. Are you still talking about that charity or is it something different now? No,
1: it's different. Um, the one that we were with back then, oh, I think that was back in twenty six fifteen, maybe, 15, 16, um, that was Street Buffet down at Willamaluu with uh ian back then um ian's still down there doing that i sort of did my own thing after that with another guy and we started off a charity um, called angels with our borders and uh, we just help out the poor um the homeless the needy whoever needs a hand we give them a hand
0: and is it the same theory though like once a week you you yeah. you, you go set up shop like we did with the street buffet and and, uh, and this
1: one's a bit different from street buffet there's a welfare center in newtown that we help out so we just take the food there on a sunday get as much as we can and then um the welfare center just feeds it out to the homeless and whoever just go there that needs needs a good feed we awesome take, we take them food we take them clothes um uh, whatever we can toiletries uh bed sheets whatever they need we take it there and they they take it the welfare center just opens up door and just gives it to them for free
0: beautiful beautiful and have you have has that changed through covid like has like obviously you know we always talk about the the world has changed now um with with the pandemic um like have there been any more precautions or like also have you noticed that i guess even like with the homeless has there been more people becoming homeless because when we talk about people losing jobs and 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 things like that like have you noticed a change throughout the pandemic
1: yeah when um when it first came out We had those restrictions, so it was limited to what you could do. Um, So when it hit most of 2020, um, it was very strict with what we could do and what we can. Uh, We had to back off for a while from the Welfare Centre because they had that tight restriction of uh, passing maybe passing the coronavirus that way. Uh, Once restrictions started to ease and the government said, you're allowed to do this and that, the Welfare Centre opened up again. Um, We did notice a lot more happening, a lot more homeless, a lot more people needing stuff because out of work, different circumstances for different people in their life so they were coming to the wealth center a fair bit and from there you just notice how things have changed now as well like you do see it you see it in the streets as well with people just either street sleepers or people out of work uh, their circumstances have changed being out of work all of a sudden not having income having debts and that just it's been a bad bad year 2020 let's just hope 21 is better
0: and do you feel like we've we're, we're kind of coming good or are you worried now because obviously this this month is the first month now that JobKeeper keeper's gone
1: that this is going to be the test now and i think now for this month moving onwards will be a test because a lot of people that relied on um relied on that JobKeeper, and we'll see now with the government stopping it how much of effect it's going to have on the economy on people and people's lives
0: nice nice and just i mean before we move on with the conversation if people do want to uh, help out that organization what's the best way of them getting
1: through yeah we've got a um, facebook page called angels without borders um they can find us on there they can contact us on there and um yeah we check up on the messages and there's a mobile there you can contact as well and yeah we just get back to people that way
0: and what kind of help are you looking for is it more financial uh, assistance or is it like whatever. clothing food what, what what is it that you guys are
1: whatever people want to donate they want to donate food clothes they want to donate money Um, we're a registered charity so it's all legit Um, whatever they want they can just contact us on there right
0: beautiful beautiful well look as i said in the intro i mean the the reason i really uh got you on board uh today was uh purely on the fact that um we wanted to get you know a judge's uh opinion on a few matters um you know and uh, as i said like i mean you mean you've always had like a pretty good and honest relationship as well um i know the, there's been a few times i've been on the text <laughs> to you you know and you you've told me to shut up and you know it, it, it is what it is but like i also thought that you'd be the perfect person to kind of bring on board but like i guess we'll start at the beginning like just also um trying to get a grasp of of your history um so like what initially got you into the the, the combat sport so where did your journey begin yeah,
1: my journey started in uh, 99 1999 I uh, saw an ad in a local gym that I was training at and it said, learn the fighting arts of the ancient Greeks. So I rang up, uh, spoke to the gentleman that started it. His name's Con Pappy. So I rang him up. I said, Where's your gym at? He told me. Uh, I went there in 99 and from there just stuck with it. So it's been about 20, 22 years now. Yeah, I've been doing pancreation. So I've been, my base is pancreation. I came not from any martial arts experience. I was playing soccer for about 20 years and then jumped straight into, um, into martial arts. And was it
0: just a curiosity thing or or like what what drew you to I guess the martial
1: arts? I was curious when I first saw the my background's Greek. So when I saw the sign saying learn the fighting art of the ancient Greeks, I was curious. When I got there, Con did the intro for it and made I pretty much liked it what it was, because it was stand-up, it was wrestling, it was grappling, you had everything mixed together. So I thought it was more of a functional martial art and I said I'll just stick to it and I did ever since then. It's been good.
0: So have you actually uh, taken to that to to competitions as well, or is, is it something that you just train in?
1: No, 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 I've competed, competed. Um, first competition was in 2000 uh, when I first started uh, fighting. Up until 2016, I've competed. So my competing, I've competed. Sorry, in um, state level, national level, international level. So I've competed with a Pancration or amateur MMA, or you want to call that MMA or Pancration. Whatever you want to call it, um, started off with that. When it first started in '99, when I first started, first comp was in 2000. Pretty much it was bare knuckles, uh, no shin guards. It was just optional if you wanted a mouth guard or a groin guard. That's how it started with the amateur stuff, um, and then it progressed. Um, and then we had national, we had so we had state titles, national titles, and then if you made the um, international team. You went over and competed overseas for world championships. First time I competed was in 2001 in Athens with the Australian team. Three of us uh, went there and competed. Um, the three of us went well. Uh, it was myself, Luke Pizzuti, and one of uh, Luke's students, Dennis. I just forgotten his last name, but we went there, competed against. I think there was ten countries at the time. Uh, we ended up coming. I think out, out of the whole team thing, we came. I think we came about third or fourth. Out of the whole competition, but Luke got gold medal for welterweight. I got uh, bronze medal for middleweight, and Dennis got, I think, the silver medal for um, heavyweight. If I'm wrong, sorry, Luke. Sorry, Dennis. It's been a long time. But then uh, later on, late, late, the, after that, I competed in the um, pen, the Pankration World Champions in Bulgaria, 2010. I won the gold medal for the veterans. We had a full team then, um, which was good. A lot of the countries turn up there in Bulgaria. Uh, we ended up coming, I think, third in the world as a whole team, but I won the veterans event and got the gold medal. And the last time I competed internationally was at the, in Italy at the Pancration World Championships in Italy in 2016. Um, and I ended up competing in the, the grappling, the Pancration and the kickboxing. I went there with a torn ACL, but ended up getting second place in all three. So it worked out good.
0: And just so people know, when, when you say Dennis, it definitely wasn't me. I, I, I just want to clear that up. Like, I, I had nothing to do with this. Um, you, you mentioned, though, at the beginning that, like, at that time, like, the, the groin and the mouth guard were kind of like if, if you chose to wear them and you also said bare knuckle. On, on that point, like, how do you – now that bare knuckle boxing has come about, like, do you, do you have a, an opinion on that?
1: Uh, not really, man. Look, the early days of the sport was the early days and then – as it progressed, um, more rules were implemented, um, it got sanctioned, it became legal in Australia to ha- to do MMA, so you have to go with the rules that sanctioning bodies put through and what the Combat Sports Authority put through, and it was pretty good.
0: Nice, nice. And um, I guess, I mean, like where where did you trans- transition from, obviously, um, I guess, uh, starting your, your journey in, I say, the martial arts? Um, to kind of, I guess, starting it in in the officiating role because the thing is, like, as I said, I, I got you on because we we want to talk a little bit about the judging aspect, but I also know that uh, you also ref uh, yeah. as well, and and uh, yeah. So when when did that all begin?
1: Um, we first started doing the judging refereeing with the pancreation comps just the amateur MMA um, we started doing that I started learning through my trainer what to look for as a judge what to how to what to look for as a referee started building up from there um, and then once the first show I ever did for CFC was around about 2006 I think um, as a judge and you've you've
0: worked uh on numerous promotions right like yeah. so you you've done many on the national circuit and then, and also i guess you, you you've done a few on on the internationals what are what are some of the um i guess uh promotions that you've worked for
1: uh locally started off with cfc then you had hexagon um you had I promotions um you had a few other local small um promotions that would come and do shows would help out with there also of course the pancreation comps they were like a regular thing for for us to do with the pancreation, it helped a lot of fighters come through um, to learn MMA in a safe way and compete in a safe way. And it helped them get that step into MMA and if they wanted to progress from there and get into the professional way of fighting. And on the international scene? Our uh, international scene uh, from 2010 started working with the UFC. So I started off as with the UFC as a timekeeper. Uh, that was the first position they gave me, um, then I went and they gave the second time. I think they came around. They put me as a uh, inspector, and then from there on, they had me as a judge, working as a judge. So there is a progression.
0: You can't you can't jump straight into the judge's seat. Is that what um, you're saying? Or no,
1: no. Some some people got straight into the um, judge's scene or refereeing scene. Um, with myself, I, I just started with timekeeper. Then they put me as a inspector, and then from there went into judging. I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was good because I got to see different things of what happens with uh, with the UFC, the way they run things. So it was good. I learned what happens with the timekeepers. I learned what happens with the inspectors. Then I got into the judging, which I was doing before with the amateur stuff. So look, I didn't mind it. It was good. It was a good experience.
0: And I mean, one, one of the questions that uh, I got asked last week, and I guess um, for someone that's kind of wanting to get into judging, what kind of like, what, what what's the kind of, you know, uh, I, I guess the timeline of, of how you can get into it. Like, is is it literally you just registering it? Is there courses to be done? Like what, what is the kind of progression on like you just being, I don't know, a fan of the sport, or as I said, uh, a practitioner in the sport or whatever to, to actually getting to even just the local scene and then, uh, moving forward into, I guess the international scene.
1: See, when we started, um, Back in when I first started doing it, the officiating with the early days with the amateur stuff, um, I was pretty much taught through my trainer. Um, he used to be an ex-professional boxer. Uh, and then he got into the MMA. He was a first a freestyle wrestler, got into Commonwealth Games, Olympic teams, was a professional boxer as well, um, and then got into the MMA. Um, he pretty much taught me what to look for as a judge and, uh, and how to be with the referee as well. And that was the early days I learned through him. Um, Now I know IMAF and other organizations have like seminars that you can do or courses you can do and they put you through and they teach you these things as well. And like I know in the States they have um, some of the other referees in the States have their own courses that you can go and do as well to learn how to be a judge and a referee.
0: But is that more like a a defensive driving course where it's kind of like um, if you choose to do it or is it something that you have to do?
1: Look, um, I think it's good to do. Um, if you want to get into being a judge or a referee, I think doing these courses now would be good. There's so much involved in MMA that you do need to have some sort of, I think, a martial arts background will help. Because at least then you know what's actually happening in the fight and what you're looking at. Um, and then these courses as, that you can do as a referee or, or, or a judge's course, at least then it'll, it'll give you the other insight to it as well through the people that are teaching you who have got the experience.
0: And do they at all sometimes, uh, I guess, when, when you do things like that? I, like, I know um, I was on an amateur card two weeks ago or something, but, like, this is totally random. This was to do with uh, the ring announcer and stuff. Uh, they did, like, a, a, a kind of buddy um, shadowing system. Does does something like that occur as well? Where Or do they just like obviously throw you in to judge or is it something that you sit next to a judge for a couple of I guess events to just see how how they kind of go about things or is it more a sense of once they kind of feel like you're qualified they just throw you in
1: honestly I've never seen the buddy system um, before so I can't talk about it I don't know much about it Um, I've never seen it Um, I think my guessing is that they probably have that experience that they put them in, that they feel comfortable of having him as a judge to judge the fights. But I've never seen the buddy system. so That's a new thing to me. i never heard of it before.
0: No, as, as I said, it was more uh, a couple of weeks back we had the, the ring announcer. And as I said, that's not an official. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of like we had two fight nights and, and it was kind of like he was showing the guy that was going to do the second night. This yeah. is how you kind uh, of... Look, that, that's, that's yeah. a good
1: idea. Why not? At least it gives the guy some insight. gives him... He knows what to do on his own. If he ever needs to do it on his own, he has to step up. No, I think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. And and when you first got handled with that responsibility of, of judging, uh, I have to ask, like, because I always ask the fighters when they do their, their, their first fight as well, like, w- what kind of uh, – not emotions, but I guess the nerves and stuff like that. So once you – got the, the position of actually sitting there and making some, I guess calls, but like what, what were the nerves? Oh, I mean, I asked Sharpie the same with, with reffing like do, mm. do Do you, I guess, kind of feel nervous, um, even on the local events, but even, I guess when you do some of the bigger events as well, do you find that, that pressure builds up on your shoulders?
1: Um, mate, I don't, at the beginning when I first started, yeah, you'd probably have a bit of pressure, um, I just focused on the fight. I just wanted to focus on the fight. I blocked out everything else that was in, around me. I just focused on the two fighters in there doing what they had to do. Um, there is pressure as a judge. you got to make sure you're looking at what you're looking at, scoring it for what it is. Um, but – to tell you the truth, at the beginning there was some uh, pressure because I, only, I was new at it. I didn't want to make a mistake or anything like that. But I just focused the whole time on the fight. I blocked everything else that was going on around me and just focused on those two fighters in there to make sure I was judging the right fight.
0: Now let me ask you though. Like I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how the pay structure works on the local scene, um, but obviously when when you get to the levels of the UFC. Um, does the pressure of, uh, I guess, you know, I mean, we, I always say they should change the pace structure the way they do it, but the the, um, at the moment how it sits is that most fighters, and I won't say all, but most get a, a show purse and a win purse. Does that ever play into the back of your mind that technically speaking, if it ever goes to a decision, right, that you could potentially be, I mean, one person's going to lose half their purse, but does that play into your mind at all that, you know, like this is someone's livelihood that you're, you're practically in charge of.
1: I don't judge the fight for what the fight is. I'd, like I said, I block everything else out and I just focus on the fight. I, but, don't, I don't, try not to think of anything else but that fight because I don't want to be thinking of all these different factors and not focusing on the fight. So I'd rather just focus on the fight, see what the guys are doing and scoring it for what it is.
0: And do you have like your own, um, I guess... Criteria of how you judge the fight. I mean, I've I've seen some things really being thrown out there. Um, you know, like uh, last week, someone was saying, should we judge each round on a minute to minute basis? You know, kind of like who won the first minute, second minute, third minute, or, or something like that. Like when you're watching a fight unfold in front of your eyes, like how 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 does the mechanics, I guess, in your mind kind of work in 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 the sense of, um, you know, do you kind of like I say. I mean, the way I do it at, at home, and this is, like, totally different, is, you know, I see the first exchange go, and then through that first exchange, I, I kind of, like, give someone the, the I guess, the, uh, the heads up or whatever you want to call it. And then, obviously, the next exchange, I kind of go, okay, does it equal out now or, or are we edging more towards another person? Um, like, as you're watching a fight unfold, how... Yeah, how does the mechanics in, in your mind kind of uh, work as a judge?
1: I watch the fight. I watch each round. So from the beginning of the round to the end of the round, I'm watching each fighter, seeing who's doing the most in that fight. So whoever's scoring the most cleaner shots, whoever's doing the, the most to, to gain those points. So I pretty much focus on. I focus on both. And I look at who's doing the most on that fight. Who wants to really win? And you can see when you you can see that in the fighter, who's clean, who's scoring the cleaner points, who's doing the takedowns, who's trying to get the submission, who's who's actually put, doing the damage, who's doing the most in the fight, like the duration time in the fight. Those things are what I take into account when I'm judging the fight. And
0: do you give anything uh, more weight than something else? Like because you know when you sometimes hear you know. Um, someone I guess with a wrestling background uh, maybe would score the takedowns and something like that a little more than I guess the striking or if you're from a boxing background which I guess is the common thing at the moment because we talk about a lot of boxing judges coming across and they don't really understand the BJJ and the, the wrestling side of things. Um, they 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 score higher on, on I guess the significant strikes than they do the rest of it. Like, Do you find that... That is sort of the case. And I'm not saying about you in particular. I'm just saying in general, do you you find that judges, I guess, um, score things differently just based on the background that they have?
1: Well, I can't can't answer how other judges score. I know how I score. I look at the whole fight. I look at what the guys are doing standing up. I look at what the guys are doing on the ground. I look at the grappling, the takedowns. I look at the whole fight, the duration of the fight, the damage of the fight, everything in there. So I can't comment how other judges look at it. I don't know what their background is regarding their experience in martial arts or what they've done in the past as a judge, whether it be boxing, kickboxing or or anything else. The way I look at the fight, I look at the whole fight. I look at each round, how I score it, and I look at what's been done during that fight. What, how much that fighter wants to win that fight. You'll see how much he's going to do during that fight, whether it's a male or female fighter during that time.
0: And what's... Just in your opinion, what's the most memorable fight you've been involved with? Uh, and, adi- and and I'm not saying the biggest fight. I'm just saying the most memorable
1: fight to you. Oh, uh, the most memorable fight for me would have to be the Mark Hunt and um, Bigfoot Silver the first fight they had in Brisbane. That was a massive fight. I and didn't, you, I, and, I didn't and you I, were involved with that, or oh no, just there as I didn't, a spectator? No, no, no. I wasn't judging that fight. That wasn't one of my fights that I judged. Um, but just watching it, that was like the most the best fight I've ever seen
0: and which one obviously now which one was the i guess the one that's most memorable that you've been a part of like where you have to literally pinch yourself and go i can't believe i'm i'm actually a part of this one.
1: Oh, geez man there has been heaps i can't i can't point one out now way eh? there's been so many um with the ufc oh man you got me there eh? yeah <laughs> you got me there i just can't i just can't think of one um that i've worked like all of them that i've worked on i have to say all of the fights that i've worked on and judged i've liked them all like they've had they've got their own thing to them so each fight will have their own thing that i like about them i can't just pick one out i enjoyed every fight that i watch that i'm judging i like all of them i can sit back and say yeah that was good but i can't just pinpoint one now You has got me there <laughs> <laughs> have you
0: have you ever had a, a fight though that you've been the judge of that you kind of glad it didn't go to the judges and i mean like that like it's that close that you're kind of like because you know how sometimes as well you're watching an event and and like people obviously like ourselves can thank god we're not judging this one has there ever been a moment like that where you're like thank god this fight finished because like this one's a really really hard one to judge has there ever been those kind of moments Uh,
1: no no i can't i can't say that because the fights that i've judged i can say have been good and clear enough to judge yeah
0: and I know you can't talk for other judges, as as you mentioned before. Um, but I guess uh, um, a question that comes up a lot is like, um, we'll go, we'll go for a three round fight. Mm-hmm. Um, how can one fight have it? And and look, there's we have split decisions, and and typically speaking, you you would think you know it'll be like a 29-28. 29 28 the other way but like sometimes you'll get fights which are like 30 27 and then the other judge will have a 30 27 the other way what you, what is your kind of re- and as you mentioned like you can't say what other ju- but why do you think that happens like what what is it like because like from an onlooker and i'm just saying like as a general fan like you're kind of like what are these judges looking at when they both have it so completely different
1: mm. like i said can't comment how other judges think. I don't know. There's three judges, and they're all sitting at different points of the octagon, um, and that judge will see what he sees in front of him, and that's how they score it. I can't. I see this. I see the fight the way I see it. The other two see it their way. If another judge sees it the opposite to what I do, that's his decision. I can't answer that. I've got no answer for it.
0: And it, is it something that you you potentially feel like? if we had more judges um in the sense of you know people sometimes talk five seven nine i mean to me it's kind of like where does it stop right like at the end of the day if we have nine judges and people are still not happy with the outcome do we go to 11 do we go to 13 i don't know like like i don't think
1: it would make a difference whether you had three five seven whatever it is i don't think it would make much of a difference I think, it's the be- I think the three judges is good. It's always like you look at the history of boxing before MMA became what it is. They've always had their three judges. MMA's got their three judges. I don't think increasing the judges will make any difference. I think just you'll have the same outcome. And people will, will always have their, their say on it. Well, you know, why did that judge do that? Even if you had five judges, what are they going to turn around and say? The same thing as what they're going to say about the three judges. If you increase it to more, it's going to be the same thing again. So I, I honestly, I just think just the three judges is probably the best way to go.
0: And do you feel like, I mean, they've now introduced with the ref, like the video ref outside, I, I, I'm still not a hundred percent sure on how that works, but there is a ref that now sits outside and whether he can talk when the action stops or something like that, I'm not sure how that works, but do you feel like uh, potentially maybe adding a judge that's seeing what the viewer is seeing, either the telecast or whatever, do you think something like that
1: might help? Tell you the truth, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it would. No, I, I don't think I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've never thought of it. I've never thought of it. Um, to give you a straight answer on it, I can't. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think just think the three system that they have now, the three judges, I think that's the best way to do it. If they ever come out with something like that, I'm guessing they're going to give it a test run to see how it goes. Um, but mate, I wouldn't be able, I can't give you an answer on it. Eh?
0: How do you feel about the concept of open scoring? I, like, at the end of every round, we, we know what the judges give. Um, so, therefore, I guess, you know, a fighter also knows where he kind of stands at the end of each round. Uh, do you think that might help or do you... Yeah, how do you, how do you feel about open scoring?
1: I don't think that'll help. I think I just leave it the way it is. Li- oh, okay. I don't think honestly no I don't think it would help I don't think it would help I think just leave it the way it is they say you you give your scores at the end of each round and then if it goes to the decision they tally them up and you got your winner I think because if you have the open score the fighters were here what we're scoring if and you just don't know how it's going to affect their fight during that that time so it's best just to leave it I think the way it is and then at the end of the three rounds or five rounds whatever it is and it goes to the decision you have your winner then.
0: Do you think that the 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 crowd can I guess alter um, your decision? And I only, and I only say that because I mean, even when I watch the telecast, right? And I, and I've said this multiple times. I'll listen to Joe Rogan, and I'll come out of that fight thinking exactly what Joe Rogan's been selling. Mm. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like Joe Rogan will be like, blah, blah, and you, and then I'll re-watch that fight but on mute, and mm. I get a totally different outcome. Do you, go, do you feel like that's ever the case with, with the crowd? Um, obviously, you know, if the crowd obviously makes noise for one fight or whatever, does that white noise ever, I guess, play, play in, into the hand of, of, of a decision?
1: Mate, like I said before, when I'm judging that fight, you just focused on them. Everything else that's happening around you from the outside, you just block it all out. You just focus on them. That's the best way to judge it. I don't have any other outside influences while I'm judging that fight in my head. I'm looking at those two fighters going for it. And that's what I'm judging on.
0: Now on, on, on crowds though, have you ever had uh, any altercations? And I mean that like as well, you know, you always hear like people going to Brazil and I mean, they're pretty passionate over there. <laughs> but like, have you ever felt like you know i i don't know and i guess even on socials or whatever have you ever gotten grief or 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 threats from people or something like do you do you sometimes feel that pressure like and i guess it wouldn't happen here in australia i would say because i always like to tell people we're pretty laid back but when you're doing these cards overseas do you do you have you ever had moments where you've kind of like not not feared for your life but you know what i mean like have have you ever no no never
1: Never happen? Never. No, no, never. Well, on social media, you're going to get people on Twitter or something say, oh, that judge did this, that judge is stupid, and the rest of it, but you know what, man, that's their opinion. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. But I've never had anyone, like you said before, ever these circumstances come after a fight, never, no. Especially at the arenas, it's always safe, it's always good. Um, we're, we're well looked after, so it would never happen. And social media, man, it's social media. Everyone's entitled to their opinions. They can say whatever they want. And... Um
0: uh, when, when you go away with these, these organizations, like what, what's your relationship with the fighters? Do you, do you try to, I guess, distance yourself with the fighters like before and after the fight? Um, or is it something that you do kind of, um, I guess, form relationships with fighters or how, how, how's your kind? Of, Cause I always say like, look, if you do it long enough, surely you will, um, form some, some form of relationship, right? Um, but also, I mean, when I had Jimmy on, he, he was saying like when he gets put, uh, put on assignment for a fighter that he's maybe developed a relationship over the years, he actually says to him, look, can I get reassigned? I don't want to be on yeah. this fight. But like just knowing the amount of time that you've spent on the circuit, like, yeah, how, how's your relationship with fighters? Yeah. Do you form? Do you try to keep away from them?
1: We try to keep away when we're on the show with them, whether it's here in Australia or overseas we don't mix with the fighters at all before or after we just we go there to do our job they're there to do their job we just don't mix with them at all usually officials just stick with the officials myself you know with some of the other judges referees or cutmen that's who the usual people that we are when we're together we don't mix in with the fighters before and after um on the lot because i've worked through the local circuit and i know the guys from the local circuit if i do know them and i'm approached to work a show and these guys are in there yes i would do the same thing and i tell the ufc you know look i know these guys have known them from the past or i've trained with them or i train with them whatever it is i'll say to them i'd rather be assigned to a different fight yeah and um i guess but that but that honestly with me that's uh, the fights that i have judged um through the ufc i've never had that happen to me so I, I, it's been good so whenever i've been assigned fights and things like that especially if they're local aussie fighters i've never had any mix with them outside of the outside of the fight scene and that so and when they have come to the fight scene it, like I've never had them as my part of my judging so yeah, it's been good
0: and um since you've as I said as well you you've done a bit of reffing as well wh- yeah. which do you prefer do you prefer to take the judge's role or do you, do you
1: prefer reffing no i like both I enjoy both they're both good they're both different you know the judges you're, you're there you're scoring a fight referee in the middle of the action you're just making sure the fight's going legit no one's cheating, no one's doing anything illegal and you know, you're there to protect the fighter. So I enjoy doing both.
0: Um, And I guess um, another suggestion that kind of got thrown in, um, in regards to, I guess, judging as well. Mm. And I mean, you kind of answered it because uh, as I said, can you be influenced by the crowd noise, the white noises I like to call it, but just say like you're in the arena, like obviously in in the stadium that you're sitting in front of right now, (laughs) but like you're in an arena like that. Um, and they actually gave the three judges their own isolated room out the back, so there's no crowd noise, and and literally you get one vision, or maybe even multiple views. I don't know how it would work, but so basically you you're taken out of that arena feel. Um, do you think that would in? And I won't even say improve because I'm not I'm not trying to pin that. At the moment, the judging's wrong. As I say, like judges get it totally different, and 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 it's just more or less trying to understand why. But like, do you think that um, isolating the judges out of the arena, giving them like video feeds, so basically the angle that you would potentially get when you're sitting, but you're out of the arena, so you're not hearing the the, the noise of the crowd and stuff like that. Do you think that would be a good or a bad thing?
1: Good question. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know um it could work it might not work i don't know just being there at the cage side looking at it you've got that front view in front of you you can see the fighters there we do have a small monitor that's um in front of us as well so if if the fighter is in a position where you've got one of the columns there of the octagon blocking the view or they've got their backs towards you the monitor that's in front of you will be like a top angle and you can see what they're doing from the top so we'll have um visual from either live visual us looking at them but if our Vision's block, like I said, through a column of the octagon or they got their backs to us or the referees in their way. We look at that monitor and that monitor has uh, a top view and we can see what they're doing or it's from a different angle where it's clear that we can see. Having us in a room out of the octagon, away from the octagon somewhere else in the stadium, mate, I wouldn't know how that would work. I don't know.
0: See, because to me, I, I, I see good and a bad. I was like, yeah, you you would take yourself away from having that, that crowd noise, mm. which I think sometimes because, look, let – it happens at every sport, right? As I say, like, if, if the crowd suddenly erupts for one guy, you kind of feel like whatever that one guy's done must have been good, right? It, it's just, it, it just kind of happens. But what I think you kind of miss out on if you would be to be taken out of it is that uh, what I always talk about when you're cage side is you can really hear the shots, yeah. right? And I kind of feel like sometimes because sometimes you feel like you've, you've hit someone And sometimes you can hear that they've literally hit Mm. someone like hearing those shots to me is vital as well.
1: Yeah. Look, the crowd's going off. Crowd's always going to go off. They see something good. They love it. Their emotions are high. They love seeing the fight. They're just going to go off. But like I said, when I'm there, I block everything else out. I don't listen to anyone else around me. I don't. I don't. You can yes, you can hear everything's going on, but I just block that out and I just focus on the fight. That's the main thing that I do. I don't listen to any other crap that's going around me. Yes, you hear the crowds going off, they're screaming when a big hit happens or a big slam or something like that. But mate, I just focus on that and that's what I focus on. Those two guys in there, having it, the guy uh, the judges in a separate room somewhere else in the arena with no other noise, just focusing on a fight. It could work. I don't know. It might be not. Maybe it won't work. Mate, who knows unless they try it and they give it a dummy run who knows
0: now has there ever been a fight and and once again i'm not saying that you feel like you got the call wrong but has there ever been a fight that you've 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 judged it one way gone home and watched the broadcast and, and this is what i always say to people as well is the fact that we as the viewing population we see the one way it plays out mm. and that is what the broadcast gives us has there ever been a moment though like where look and as i said i'm not saying you got it wrong you you're you're standing behind your decision but you've gone home and watched the broadcast and you've gone like i understand why people are maybe giving you a little bit of grief or whatever has there ever been moments like that
1: no what i score i'm pretty happy with what i've done i'm confident with the what i've the way i've judged it i'm confident with that even when i watch the fight at home later i'll be confident and that's how i'll see it again
0: and are you are you the kind of guy that re-watches every fight
1: I try to as much as I can. I like to. I like watching the fights. So if I get time to watch the fights after, I'll watch them. There's times where I can't, just too busy with work to, to sit down and just watch a whole show again. But I'm confident on the at the time that I'm giving that decision. I'm confident with that score that I've given. And even if I'm watching the fight after the um, after the events happen, I'm at home watching it. I'll, I'll score it the same way.
0: And I guess the 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 other thing is. Um the suggestion I kind of had is, and, and I guess it, it goes to like getting your first aid certificate and stuff like that, right? And and I guess we kind of like touched on it before on how to become a ref. The thing that I think makes more sense, and I don't know how you would feel about something like this, is I think that we should have like a refresher course, right? And so what I would like to see happen is um, that whoever's on the judging committee, um... You know, we we once a year, or maybe make, if you want to make it 24 months, whatever, but mm. once a year, um, it's not even a live fight. Like whoever's in charge, the commission or whatever, sends one fight, whether it be a three-round fight, whether it be a five-round fight, um, to all current judges, right? Mm. And then you, kind of like an exam, you've got to judge that fight. Yeah. And if like 90% of the judging roster judge it one way and then you have the 10% of the roster have some weird sort of judgments to me that would then go okay maybe we need to talk to these 10 percent because they're not getting it the same way the 90 percent have mm-hmm. if that makes sense would you i guess be a fan of something like that
1: how do you know that 90 percent got it right and how do you know if the 10 percent didn't get it right you don't know that
0: well that's true but i, I guess it who could,
1: it could go either way you i don't get, know because I like i said everyone sees a fight the way they see it a refresher course i don't know if it would work man oh, i i've never thought of it um maybe it could work if the combat sports authority or commissions that govern the sport if they want to do something like that they can i don't know how, how effective it would be but like you said you might have 90 percent score it that way and 10 percent score another way how do you know the 90 percent got it right how do you know the 10 percent didn't get it right so i don't know it could work maybe i don't know man it could work
0: which is true but i guess whoever's in charge of the testing they would have a fair idea of what they're expecting the scores to be before they sent it out. So yeah. I guess there's got to be a governing body still, yeah. right? And yeah. they're like, okay, as a governing body, this is what we would see the score being. Let's send it out to everyone and see what yeah. they come. Like with anything, yeah. whether it be a driving test or whatever, yeah. right? It's it's. I get what you're saying and I, I never actually thought of it that 90% could get it wrong and 10%, but then we're in trouble. Yeah. Like if 90% are getting it wrong, then, then we really got to like, yeah. I guess, try to figure out.
1: That's what I'm saying. You could, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, unless they try it and test it out, it could work, like doing a refresher course every once or two years.
0: I guess that's the only way because – and and I guess the reason I came up with that kind of concept was the the current state of things, people are always going, oh, it's because they're boxing judges, right, and and, uh, coming across to MMA, and I just kind Mm -hmm. of feel like, okay, well, if that's the case and they're getting these scores wrong, then we can educate them in MMA, and then hopefully over time – we would get better. Do you feel that having ex-fighters convert across to judges? Because that's another one that gets thrown out a lot. Do you, do you feel like because someone's a fighter, they would automatically become a good judge? Do you, do you, do you, do you stand behind something like that?
1: It could help. It could help because they got that background. they got that understanding of the fight scene. They know what they're looking at. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, but sometimes a good fighter might not be a, a good official you don't know that it's just on the person like sometimes you get fighters that transition into coaching sometimes they're not a good coach sometimes you get coaches that are the opposite they're good coaches but they're not good fighters i honestly i I wouldn't know how that would work but i think having a background of the mixed martial arts scene that would help and if you're a fighter and you've got a good understanding of the sport i think that that would help you with your judging and your refereeing because at least then you know what you're looking at
0: See, because the, 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 only problem I have with that is that if, if you're an ex-fighter, you've probably formed a lot of relationships. So where we spoke about before, obviously, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. And that's why I love having this discussion, yeah, right? I like, uh, cause yeah. when people bring that up, I'm like, yeah, they know the sport, but like, just say you're an ex-fighter and, and now you're judging someone that you've trained with for the last 20 years because you're an ex-fighter, well, well then, right?
1: Well, then you gotta, you gotta set that aside. If you're going to transition from a fighter and if you've got mates or if you've got your training partner going into the sport, you've got to set that aside. You've got to, you've got to be professional at what you're doing. You can't have favouritism. You can't have biases. You can't have any of that. You've got to focus on the sport for what it is, whether they're, like you just said, you know, for a fighter and they've come over and they've been training someone with the past 10 years and then they're fighting and you're the judge or the ref. You've got to set that all aside and you've got to say, no, I'm just going to focus on the fight Or like we said before, if you get assigned to a fight and that person's there, you can just ask the commission, look, I know these people, assign me to another fight, have someone else there because I don't want any conflict of interest. There's different ways you you can look at it.
0: Do you feel that, um, I guess, uh, if we offered bigger, like we always talk about fighters not getting paid enough, but do you you feel like if we offered bigger purses to uh, officials, that would make a difference? Because I've also heard that argument too that – um you know officials don't get paid enough either and and if there was more money we would end up getting better officials come through do you do you, do you, do you see that as a point at all or, or
1: if you're passionate about what you do doesn't matter what you do you're going to you enjoy it i think you're just going to do the job for what it is i don't think the money part of it has any factor to do with it i enjoy refereeing um and the judging um it, the financial part of it doesn't um Come into my head at all. I just enjoy for what what it is, and I do for what it is.
0: And do you think um, it can become confusing in the sense of like these different organizations? Because I know even like dealing with state commissions over here. So we'll bring it back to a national mm. way. Um, or oh, I mean, it happens over in the states as well. Like, what's a ground opponent? What's this? What's that? I kind of feel like you know, depending on what state you're in or what organization you're you're refing or judging in the rules i mean generally speaking 90% of the rules are the same but then you have that odd rule that's a little different and and i always say that for the rest and the fighters as well like mm-hmm. that it becomes confusing right because you're like well what set of rules were are we going by now do you, do you ever have those moments as well like do you just knowing that you've obviously done so many different organizations um do you think not having the same rules for every single organization um not can sway your decision, but can make it confusing.
1: No, I can say that with the organizations that I've worked for, they've pretty much been all on the same, same path. So I haven't had that happen to me. So I know they all follow the same rules. Um, they all go by the same, whatever it is, it's all the same. So I've never really had anything where they've gone where they're different rules. So I don't know, man, I haven't really had it happen to me. So I can't make, make a comment on it.
0: And now we'll take you to refing and judging. Yeah. Um, do you do you ever because you know people always talk about potentially um, uh, changing it up a little bit if it's a title fight, right? Letting it go for a little while longer because it's and I guess that's more to do with a ref uh, letting it go for a couple of shots longer because there's a title on the line. But in in general, um, do you find that um, you judge or ref uh, fights differently according to the gravity of that fight, i.e. Um, is there a title uh, attached? Is it even amateurs to pros? Um, do, you, do you find that you do end up refing or judging those fights differently?
1: I, do, I judge and ref them all the same way. Yeah, I look at them all the same. I don't let, Like I said, man, I don't let any other influencers come in. There are two fighters going for it fighting, whether it be a title fight or a non-title fight or an amateur or, or, or a pro fight. I go in it with the same mindset. There are two athletes going for it. at the end of, At the end of that fight, there's got to be a winner. And I look at it like that. I don't let any other influences come into it.
0: Yeah, right. So you you totally would give an amateur the same as a UFC title fight?
1: Why not, man? They're both athletes going for it. So I look at it the same way. Amateur is amateur. It's kind of not as heavy as what the pros do. But if I'm judging or refereeing amateur fights, I don't favour or think of things differently to what it would be as a, as a pro fight. One day they're going to become pros. So I might as well just... I have that mindset where I like to just have look at the two fighters, they're going for it, and whoever's gonna win is gonna win according to how they go.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. So what was it the first time getting getting the call to the big show? With the UFC? Yeah, well would like how, how did that all happen? Like was it something that you reached out to them and and also like I I guess the other thing is like how does it work with them being an international brand? Because obviously here you've got to be registered to the state um committee right um but then also UFC bring Herb Dean across and stuff like that so how does that all work or the same thing when you go to say Singapore and stuff like that do you have to then be registered in Singapore or how does all that work and how did they originally I guess reach out to you was it something that you just got a call out of the blue was it something that you approached them uh yeah how how did that all work
1: Uh, when uh, UFC came out here the first time in 2010 they contacted um, they got in contact with uh, officials here so they contacted them and said they wanted to come out here and do a show what's the best way of doing it and then from there they approached the combat sports authority we were already um, licensed with the combat sports authority and we got the call up through that way yeah and is it any different as i say when you go oh, so international when you go international when we do the international shows um ufc will call us direct so they will call us direct and say listen we've got a show happening whether it's in singapore or japan or korea or or philippines or macau wherever it is we or new zealand where we look after the Asia pacific area um we just get the call out from the ufc if there's if they're going through a sanctioning body through that country we might have to fill out the forms to go through that sanctioning body in that country or it's maybe the ufc doing the sanctioning themselves that way yeah
0: I have to ask, I asked Sharpie the same thing. Has there ever been a moment where you're over, I guess, in one of these other countries and you've had to pinch yourself? And, and I just mean one of those things where you're like, I never thought that officiating would bring me here.
1: Yeah, man, look, I think every country that I've gone to is that feeling. Because I never, you, you don't think of it when you start. You just think, wow, I'm, I'm on the biggest show here in Sydney. It's the best enjoying it and then when they approach you to work um overseas whether it be singapore like i said singapore japan korea um the philippines or new zealand these things here are just like the best thing it's the best like you're going to different countries meeting different people you're working with these people that you enjoy seeing as well and you're working with a company that is big so no mate i reckon it's all the countries i just can't pick one out i enjoy all of them they're all different.
0: And have you had any difficulties, like just language barriers? Like oh, yeah, we
1: do. We do when we go to China or Japan or South Korea and that, um, where the English – you might get places where they don't speak English at all. So I remember with Sharpie when we were in um, Shenzhen, we wanted to go and get something to eat. Um, pretty much all the menus were in Chinese. We could not read them or – they were not speaking English. They didn't understand the word, so we're just looking at the menu and we're going – we're pointing at the food that we want and the lady would say, okay – just nod ahead and then bring out and then would point to the drinks that we wanted to bring out the drinks and then they'll bring the bill and lucky the bills you got numbers there and we just give them the cash and then off we go but yeah it's good fun look it makes it interesting you have a good time that way you know i mean sharpie pretty much me sharpie and all the rest of the guys we've traveled a fair bit we've been to a lot of places
0: and it is a bit of a boys' club, right? Like, because like I remember Sharpie mentioning that like he loves the fact that the the relationships he's built with, I guess not so much yourself and and people from the Australian scene, but he said like the relationships he's built with people from the UK and stuff, and he's like it's it's one of those things that he really enjoyed that yeah, every time good. that happened, yeah. it, it, it was hundred
1: percent. We we become good friends with the UK officials, the officials from the US, even with some of the officials that are in um, in Asia as well it's the best because we all get along you know and we we get along we do the job uh we always meet up we keep in contact as well after the fight so it's always good
0: and uh yeah like do you do do you find that um oh not do you find is it a fly in fly out kind of situation or do you guys actually after the event get to spend a little bit of time actually exploring you spending time, as I say, in the boys' club, but also actually uh, getting to explore whatever land.
1: Oh, look! You go. Usually, if you just if you've got the time, if you haven't got the time, it's usually fly in. You do the job. You fly out. If you want to stick around yourself later, you can. Um, I've only done that once when I was uh, in in Korea. I just extended the trip for a few days. Just I wanted to see Busan and see what it was like. And it was nice. It was good. But usually, it's just fly in, fly out. Yeah.
0: Nice, nice. Well, look, what I'm going to do, this this is always an experiment, right? Um, what I started this series is I, I let a few people tune into the show every every week, and um, I, I like to open up the lines and and see if they've got some questions that – because, look, at the end of the day, I fire a few questions out here and there, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing what I can as well, <laughs> and there's a lot of things that I forget too, and that's that's why I say, like, I, I, I would be useless when it comes to, like uh, – doing what you do because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite forgetful at times, but, uh, what I want to do is open up the lines for, for, you know, a few minutes and, and, and see if we have any questions out there. Um, so yeah. So if there's anyone out in the clubhouse that has got a question, uh, yeah, we'd like to hear from you.
2: Hey, Dennis. Can you hear me? Sure can. Cool. Uh, yeah, I had a question about, uh, thoughts anthony's thoughts on 10 7 rounds and 10 10 rounds yeah what would you like to know obviously there's very there's very few uh 10 7 rounds and you know there's 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 uh you know some debate like should they be used more often should should we get rid of them again um and then also 10 10 rounds you know 10 10 rounds make sense obviously if a round has to be stopped short for some reason but you know Maybe some really close 10 9 rounds could actually be 10 10 rounds. Um, you know, do you think that, that the, the way it's laid out now, like our judges using 10 10 rounds and 10 7 rounds as often as they should?
1: Look, with the, for a 10 7 round, you're going to look at one guy dominating the fight a lot. Um, I've never seen a fight where it's going to be like that. I have seen fights with been a 10 8 round. Um, where a fighter is getting dominated and you give him that 10-8. Um, a 10-7, I haven't seen. A 10-7 would have to be a bad domination on the fighter. And I think at that point, if he's getting dominated that bad, I think maybe it might get stopped, uh, you know, because the referee might just see the guy's copying too much damage. You might stop it. But I've never seen a 10-7 round the whole time I've been doing it. So I've seen the 10-8s or 10-9s. Uh, 10-10s, um, you do get them sometimes. It could be that close of a fight where their stand-up is that good that they've just kept it standing up and they just fighting the whole time stand up. And unless they mix it around with and they get some wrestling and they get some takedowns there. They try to get it submissions. Um you'll you'll probably see maybe a 10-10 because their stand up is so good. Um usually the times that I've judged, um I think I've only seen one 10 10. Um it was I can't remember which country it was, but it was the, the two two fighters that just pretty much basically boxed the whole time. And it was that close. They were lightweights, I think they were super fast. Um, and they just went for it. And that's, I think, the only time I gave a 10-10. Usually, you can spot out the difference and give that 10-9.
0: Is there anything else?
2: Yeah, I had another question. Uh, and this is sort of in line with what Dennis was mentioning, how, you know, here on Clubhouse, there's a ton of uh, people that talk about judging. And, you know, we've heard... You know so many different ideas being thrown around a lot of people have suggestions and ideas and stuff like that and one of my points whenever this comes up is like i just wish there was some format for people to experiment with like other judging formats i think it comes down to the commission a lot uh and obviously the system that we have now you know if it ain't broke don't fix it but uh you know there could be you know a possibility for maybe a a a new judging system with like a couple of key changes that could be like, you know, significantly better or, or just even, you know, slightly better in some cases than, than maybe, uh, how it is these days. Um, and I, I think my that question I think is, they would have like, to come
1: down to the commission, what they would, how would they want to do that?
2: Right. And yeah, my question was like, what formats could exist for that to happen? Like for, let's say there was like maybe a, uh, maybe it's like a smaller regional uh promotion or something like, and they had some like big ideas on how judging could be and they want to make like these five changes, like would they go to the commission and would the commission more than likely just pour cold water on the idea or like what, what ways could a promotion uh, or even like the MMA community, uh, you know, in, in combination with judges and, and, uh and commissions like come up with ways to experiment because, you know we can all you know hypothesize how these things can be improved but we need to actually test it but we probably don't want to test that say at like a you know usc pay-per-view or something like that you know you want to test it smaller so um i think like, if, they, if, I, if, I, if a small promotion like
1: like you're saying if a small promotion or like a local promotion came up with a, an idea and they wanted to change it I think they'd have to prove their point. They'd have to prove it to the commission to see that it actually works. Um, they'd have to maybe test it out, maybe on a small show, and see how it goes. And then it'd go to the commission or go to the to the authority that looks after the judging and the refereeing and say, "Look, we've come up with this idea. We've tested it." And then the commission would have to run it, just like everything else. When you get something new, you have got to test it first. The prototype comes out, then they see how good it is. I think that'd be the that's what they'd have to do.
0: Can I just ask uh, and jump in as well? So I've got uh, just another question came to hit. Um, and I'll, I'll take it back to I guess what fight was it? Now it wasn't. It was the week after Eljo and the Peter Yarn fight. There, there was a which obviously um, you know the belt got um, won by Eljo because of the illegal knee. Where the following week, practically the same thing happened. Um, but they called it a no contest um how how does that work like how how is an illegal knee um i guess uh a fight ending uh one week and the following week it it, it's considered no contest Ie like no no one wins that fight is there like a protocol behind that because i wasn't sure like is it how far along it goes into the fight or like how, how does that work and then on the other token on that second instance i remember uh i forgot i don't think it was bruce but he went up to herb dean and he said do you want it to be a no contest or a no decision do you know what the difference between those two is
1: Mate, i haven't tell you the truth they what you're talking about i never saw them was actually doing stuff with the charity at the time because it's usually the time that i'm doing stuff with the charity on the weekend and the fights are on so i didn't see any of that so i don't i don't want to make a comment about anything i didn't see yeah but i, I technically i don't know how how it went i don't know i know i know which fight you're talking about but i never saw what how they happened or, or what happened but uh, i guess uh, i'm not trying to
0: talk about that fight in particular i'm saying is there a rule that says if X happens, it's a no contest and if X happens, we'll go to the scorecards or I I don't know, like I'm just saying when it comes to like illegal shots, like is there, is there something in writing there or is it up to the referee's discretion or, or how does that work?
1: There are rules that they have to follow and the referee would, would be the best person to, to look at at that time and make the, make the decision and speak and say what needs to be done. That you'll have to speak more with a ref to get his background on it. Me as a judge, I just, once that fight is stopped, I just wait as well to see what outcome is going to come out from when the referee stopped the fight. Will it be a DQ or no contest? Yeah. So there are things in place where they do look at, and then that's when the referee makes the the decision.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Do we have any more questions out in the clubhouse?
2: Yeah, I had another question. um, And it's about, uh, like, how are the judges themselves judged? if at all like are there meta judges like does the commission have like expert like former judges or maybe current judges or senior judges or something that are like reviewing how judges perform over a long stretch of time and you know rendering a decision you know like is this judge you know cutting it so to speak
1: are you asking if there's a judge judging the judge is that what you're sort of asking basically yeah. yeah okay um
0: or I guess on that, is there like a debrief after yeah. every event where where uh, a judge has to, I, I guess, state his case? Like, is is there any – or is it just like you judge, you collect the paycheck, and you're out of there?
1: No, no, we have a debrief. There is a debrief. Um, I, there's no judge who judges on what the judges do. Um, we, we have a debrief after the show, um, and they speak to us. The commission speaks to us and says, well – these are the fights that we want to speak to, to all of you about. And we want to have your reasoning as to why you scored it this way. And we go through the process and each judge will give an account of his rounds of how he scored it. And that's how the commission sees what each judge does. And, and they take that upon themselves and they look at it. And then if they want to come back to you later, they can, they, or they might just say, all right, fair enough. Yep. All good. Or and that's how they pretty much see which judges I think they're going to be using. But we always have a debrief after the show.
0: And let me ask you, like, when, when you put on the... I, I mean, I guess with the, s- the smaller national ones, it's a bit different. But with, with, say, the UFC cards, are you judging from start to finish? Or, like, are you able to take, um, I guess, one fight on, no, one fight have, off, one they, fight...
1: No, the way they do it, they rotate it. So they'll have the six judges, and they rotate us around. So we don't do, like, fight after fight. We might, I might say, for argument's sake, have bout one, bout three, bout five, bout seven, bout nine. I might have... The first fight, then I might sit the two, and then jump into in the next one. They they spread it out because they want you to be fresh. They want you to be focused at each fight that, that you're going to judge.
0: Well, that's where I was kind of going with that, like because it's kind of like driver fatigue, right? Yeah, like if yeah. you're there, as we know, some of these UFC cards they're like eight hours long, yeah. right? Like, and I was just thinking, like, are you expected to be in this concentration mode for eight hours, or do they they give you no,
1: no, no, you rotate. You're not you're not constantly working every fight. There's six judges and they rotate us around around three for, for like, I don't know how many cards. Sometimes you might get 12 fights, you know, and they mix you around with the fights that you're going to do. You're not constantly doing every fight.
0: And are you in the same corner every uh, fight that you do do, or do they rotate no, you on that you, as you, well?
1: You right, rotate it around. So you're not seeing it at the same corner the whole time. You're rotating around.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out one more time. If there's any more questions out in the clubhouse.
2: Sure. Um, you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, parlor talk of like, you know, MMA fans, there's there's always people who make accusations that like, you know, oh, this judge, you know, they're like, you know, in cahoots with someone or there's some corrupting influence, that's you know, skewing their, their decision or something like that. But as far as I'm aware, there's not been any cases where like a judge has been caught doing that, like outright, like corruption. Um, are you aware of any cases where like a judge has actually been caught and uh had some uh you know repercussions from like some some form of corruption nah,
1: not that i know of mate everyone's legit here um like i said social people get on social media and and say what they want everyone has their own opinion and they're entitled to say what they want um people will just accuse accuse you of anything but i know nothing of that mate everyone i know that everyone's legit on that show and they all do a proper professional job
0: I guess I guess where Jay's coming from because I know he's been in a room a couple of rooms with me is yeah. uh, Max Griffin, UFC fighter. He he's jumped on a couple of times and he's told us about an example where he went off to Brazil, and um, you know he he had a fight and literally. all the judges kind of went against him but to the point he said that once he came out of the ring even the ufc like every ufc stuff was like you won that fight you won that fight and he's now actually put a clause in that he will never go back to brazil again and i guess that's where it kind of stems from
1: okay Um, i I didn't even know that happened didn't even realize
0: yeah so I, i i think and i guess that's the same as you knowing a fighter you know like do some people sway because it's their countrymen? like do you do you like to uh, let me ask you this do you like to ref um australians or do you prefer to ref two internationals in instead just so you can't i guess even i guess in a sense even be labeled that way
1: No, look uh, i've judged so many fights and i've judged the the aussie fighters i've judged the international fighters like i said to you before man i have no bias i have nothing i look at just two fighters going at it and i'm judging to see who's going to win that fight but all the other influences around me i just Block out. I don't. I don't have any bias or anything like that. no.
0: beautiful. Okay. Well, for for the last time, have you got any more questions out there? That's all I got. Perfect.
1: Cool, man. Nice talking to you.
0: Um. So yeah. On on that note, man. Like as a as I say to everyone, like I I, I really kind of appreciate you coming in and and, and taking the time and you know it, it's been a minute and as i said like even enjoyed having a coffee with you <laughs> beforehand uh it's it's always good times um so like leading forward now things are starting to open again um i mean not that you're the person to to make these sort of <laughs> decisions but do, do, do you feel like we we might get a fight card down here this year or is I that know. what you're hoping for or
1: i hope we do man. if, if if the way corona's going at the moment and the cases are dropping, vaccines coming out, if, come of, if our governments um, can work out how they're going to allow people come in from other countries and do stuff. Because you see at the moment they're going to Fight Island, they're going to Las Vegas, they're doing the shows, and they're going pretty good. Um, hopefully soon, man, they can open up our borders again and you know they can do fight shows here again or overseas in other countries. It'll be good. It just all depends, mate, on how this um, this virus goes. That pretty much is that's what's controlling everything at the moment and how they're going to control that. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it, it really is, you know, but like I've been saying for, for ages, like we've, we've been lucky enough to have full capacity crowds now. or They've well, New Zealand anyway. And, mm. and, and literally, but I think it's the expense. Yeah. If, you, if you were going to get all these athletes across, um, to have that two week quarantine, cause yeah. obviously with fight Island, they've got quarantine, but I think it's a 48 hour thing. And, okay. and I'm pretty sure Dubai probably, f- foots the bill for that, mm. where our, our government will probably make the UFC pay for every single yeah, there's athlete. There's a lot
1: of expenses involved with it, you know, and, and you've got to weigh all those things up. If we're going to, I think if we're going to have another show here in Australia, I think things would have to be pretty much settled with um, COVID and everything's legit with it. And you, I think there's got to be that assurance that no one's going to get affected or anything. And that's probably how they'll let everyone come back into the country. Hopefully that happens soon, man, because everyone's missing the action. You know, it's just been a, a shit year. 2020, 21 started, it's starting off good. It's just hope from tw- from now onwards it just gets better and better and things can get back to normal again.
0: Well, I just hope as well because we've got so many good fighters coming out of this this neck of the woods now, right? That sure. I just hope that with Easy, Brad Riddell, Jamie Malaki had a really good performance. Yeah. You've got Alex over there now with the tough series, yeah. but I, I just hope now that we've Finally, got a lot of decent fighters coming from this. I, I, I think now you could really have some good events because even like the last couple down in Melbourne, you know, mm. um, I mean it was it was dope to have Ronda Rousey here. Yeah. Um, I guess especially at the time, but um, and I guess the last one was Easy versus Rob. But I just feel like now we we really have a big, big kind of like contingency that we comes do. out of we here. Do. Right, no, it'd be and,
1: good to get the shows back here to have all these guys. And girls that are fighting on their local local territory and have the UFC come here, they're fighting here in their home base. It'll be good. It will get. It's good for the country. It's good for the fighters, and it's good for the sport.
0: Well, mate, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure um, for for people that um, end up listening to this or, or watching it, depending on what platform they kind of get it from. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, um, uh, you know, to maybe ask you a few more questions or things like that, what, what, what's kind of like the best way of them getting in touch? Uh,
1: you can find me on, uh, on Instagram, uh, on Anthony Dimitri, you can find me on there. If you just type my name out, you'll find me there. So it's all good. I can answer your questions on that.
0: Nice. Well, look, I look forward to you getting back to action. Cause I also love the photos you produce from these events. Uh, you're the one, one, one guy that always grabs a little cheeky photo with the ring girls. And, and, you know, I I really sit there and I'm like, man, I wish that was me for a second, but no, look, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I do really appreciate the fact that you, you, you've taken the time to, to come. And as I said, I just like to pick people's brains and, and, um, I just knew that, you know, you would give me a honest opinion. Um, so thank you again. Uh, ho- ho- hopefully, we'll, we'll um, see you back in action or at least read your name at the bottom of because obviously the judges don't get any love apart from that one single name. But until then, uh, and until, uh, you know, I have my next guest, um, look, thank you. Stay blessed. I'm
2: away. I'm away.